Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. Today, one of my more enjoyable, one of my favorite episodes, I have Jim Passon Jr. No, not Jeff, but Jim Passon Jr. He is the co-host of the Romantic About Baseball podcast. He is also a co- the co-author of Hidden Ball Trick, the baseball stats you never thought to look for. And he is uh, a Twitter guy, I guess. No, I'm not going to call him a Twitter personality. Uh, maybe he is, but he, he tweets a lot. He's got a lot of followers and he is so much fun. If you love baseball, you probably should be following him if you don't already. He has such a great account, just statistics galore. And he, he finds some really cool ones. He finds some nuggets and, and we go over that whole process, how he started, what he's doing, how he did it, um, the process of the book and obviously the podcast as well. So uh, yeah, this, this is an easy one. Hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Jim. So we just let this thing flow as it goes, right? Yeah, we're already recording, man. We'll just kind of, we'll rock with it. It should be fun. Today I have Jim Fasson Jr. He's the co-host of the Romantic Baseball Podcast. He's co-author of the Hidden Ball Trick, the baseball stats you never thought you'd look for. You never thought to look for. I apologize. I don't want to ruin the book title. You spent so much time probably creating it. Uh, um, yeah, I left that to somebody else. All right. All right. Honesty. <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. How are you today, Jim? This is a, doing, it's a weird day, but we're I'm here. Doing, I'm doing good, Michael. How about you today? I love it. Every day is a good day to be alive, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. Right. I mean, no baseball, but still alive. So no, yeah. I, uh, what was I watching? I, uh, I just watched like Mike Trout highlights the other day. Just like put it on. Oh, I also watched the Trevor Bauer, um, the Sandlot game that they did? Oh, I, I got like little bits of it at the very beginning and then I went to bed. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, it was it was pretty funny. I think I think I watched like a 25 minute like kind of like condensed version. It was it was pretty funny. Like just Mike Clevenger is just a goofball. Just like l- watching them just kind of interact with each other. You never really see it or hear it. Um, so it was, it was really cool. Very, very grateful. I got to check that out. Now, what were they playing with in that? Was that like a wiffle ball? What yeah. were they doing? I yeah, it was just like wiffle tell. ball, wiffle ball bats. Like the, the rules were weird. Like if the ball went to the wall, it's a triple. So it was like kind of confusing. I wasn't really paying attention to that part. Um, I just yeah. believed them when they said a run scored. Um, but it was just <laughs> one of those things like, all right, this is, it was more just to kind of see. And, you know, obviously everything that, um, you know, when spring training was going on with ESPN and, and miking everyone up, it was essentially just that. But everyone yeah. was mic'd up, and y'all could just hear them razz on each other the whole time. So it was, yeah. it was pretty cool. So it held me over. A little flavor of baseball when there isn't any out there. Yeah, exactly. We'll take what we can get. Um, exactly. Exactly, I mean, I, man. I think I saw, geez, was it yesterday or the day before yesterday, they were, uh, I think it was Dan Straley who was over in, in Korea having a bullpen session. And that was like the big thing on the internet. Yep. Like, we're going to watch Dan Straley just throw a bullpen session. So. You know what? At this point, I'll take it. It's baseball. I'll take, I'll take it. it. Right. So, Jim, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Oh, man. Uh, well, as son of a cable guy, right, uh, I had TVs. So there was a TV in, like, every room pretty much in our house. So, uh, And for me, it was uh, the most entertaining thing for me after I grew out of cartoons at, like, seven or eight, nine years old. Don't get me wrong. I still dabble in cartoons. But... Uh, 
it was, it was baseball. It was like baseball would show up on uh, TBS and WGN. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Montana. Uh, so we had those stations. And then uh, once in a while, we get a Bulls game on WGN. So I liked a little bit of basketball back then. And, uh, and then eventually, yeah, ESPN Sports Center came rolling around into my life. And next thing you know, I added an extra TV into my room as a kid at like 10 years old. I got two TVs so I could play video games and watch sports on the other, watch two games at once. Uh, it was just, uh, it, it, sports was just part of my life being that it was available to me as a, as a kid. And so I would go out and try to emulate, you know, uh, John Stockton or something, I don't mm -hmm. know the smaller basketball and I didn't even have a hoop in my at my place but I would pretend like I was shooting at something or you know just uh, yeah wishing that I could be left-handed like Donnie Donnie baseball <laughs> those are the those are the things I, I loved it was just entertainment to me mm -hmm. um and you know it you never knew the outcome right so the the story wasn't scripted it was uh it's it makes it yeah, it makes it where I've gotten to today. I'm a little more focused now on baseball, but back then, yeah, it was football, basketball, baseball, anything that they'd stick on my TV that was considered a sport I was in. Mm -hmm. I wanted to try that sport. I wanted to see what it was like. I mean, even if it was a skateboard, that lasted about two weeks out of my life, bruised knees, done. Um, but I, I was interested in it and, it, and it, and it just amazes me how um, how athletes are you know, at the highest level, because I tried so many, it was a miserable failure at pretty much every one of them. That's why. But at least you tried them, right? That's half the battle. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still like to pick up one, right? I mean, it was a few years ago, like, at like 39 years old, I'm like, hey, let's pick up racquetball. Why not? Right. And it's just, just learn it and play it. It's fun. It's, it's a great activity. Is it something I'm going to be serious about now? But, you know, it keeps it, the it, heart rate up, though, right? Yeah, it keeps the heart rate up. It's a little more active than the than picking up bowling or uh, a golf, which both I enjoy doing, too. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's a uh, yeah, sports. Uh, it, it's just nice because it, to this day, it's just you don't know the result before. Mm -hmm. It's like you might have a pretty good feeling that the, you know, the Nationals and the Orioles are matched up in an interleague game that, you know, this year, if it happened, the Nationals would win that game more likely than not. But you don't know the result. You have no. Really you never know. No you never know outcome, so. and that's that is one of my favorite parts as well it's just the fact that it's it's this is actual reality tv this is actual drama like we we don't know what's going to happen right like especially when you make it to the playoffs in some of these games baseball especially and my favorite my, one of my favorite parts about baseball i'm sure i could go on forever is that you can't kneel the ball and run out the clock Exactly. You got 27 outs, man. You got to get them all. Um, you know, and it's just one of those things where it's always it, that that part has always interested me. Now, sometimes that is to my detriment. Like when you watch any Yankees Red Sox game, how how a nine inning game can go four and a half hours, and I watch the whole thing, and I'm kind of angry the whole time, but I'm still watching it. So jokes on me. But you know, it's just one of those things where you you're so you really it is it is real entertainment and it's funny you know you bring up i think you said wgn if i'm not mistaken so where i am in new jersey um it was the weirdest thing i would get so i'd get yankees i'd get mets i would get phillies and then we get like channel like 14 was wgn so we'd get cubs games all the time and i was so confused by that i was like i don't even know where chicago is i'm like eight years old like what are we doing watching cubs games but my mom if one game went to commercial she immediately would just flip to another to another we would i would watch the yankees all the time and i'm just like mom we don't like the yankees why are we watching them she's like well yeah we're rooting against them yeah like, this is amazing this <laughs> makes sense now 
We're watching our second favorite team play. It's whoever's playing against yep. the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it was it, not realizing as a kid what it was now growing up, right, and working in the cable industry. I get WGN and TBS and how it ended up in Montana. But uh, back then, it's like, I don't know why I get Braves and Cubs games, but I can't get, yeah. like, uh, a Mariners game on my television growing up where I grew up. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – it, but it, – it, it's neat, right? I mean, it gives gave me a chance to grow up with Andre Dawson and Dale Murphy and Ryan Sandberg, but we also got introduced to the other players too. I mean, for a, a guy like me who's a fan of an American League team, I grew up watching all those National League teams, right? Ozzie Smith because of the division, and it, it it's pretty cool. I loved it when WGN finally started picking up the White Sox games. I think I was about 12 when they started picking up a, like eight of those or 10 of those in a year. Right. And, and they'll play those when the Cubs weren't playing. And that was pretty neat. It was just added to it because the only other chance that we had growing up was, well, you either had to travel to go to a game. And when you live in the middle of nowhere, Montana, it's like Seattle, I think was 950 miles away from my home. So it wasn't really an option to just run to a ball game. And then the other thing was the sock, the, the Fox Saturday game. And so mm-hmm. you would sit there and wait for, you know, the Saturday game to come on. Uh, and, and, but you know, you can check the, the programming guide, right? The old TV guide thing that you'd get in your newspaper back in the day and see what the game was going to be. But as a kid, I wasn't reading the newspaper. So I was just always hoping that it'd be the Yankees, right? It was, mm-hmm. But it was the eighties. Yeah. Oh, they were, they were bad in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, that was a terrible set of teams, right? So, uh, yeah. So I never got to watch my my team very often, right? So, yeah. Um, how'd you How'd you become a Yankees fan in Montana? Uh, so my father was a Yankees fan, and my father's father was a Yankees fan. So, um, yeah, they yeah kind of threw the jersey on me as soon as I came out at birth, right? Uh, so I didn't really get an option, but um, yeah, my dad preached the 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 years of uh, Mickey Mantle to me over and over and mm-hmm. over again. And uh, yeah, it just sunk in. My mother was a twins fan and that just didn't go over very well. And, and my dad with my dad. So he made sure that my sister and I were, were raised properly and that, that we didn't go down that wrong road. So <laughs> that's one way to put it. Absolutely. <laughs> I have a friend who's a twins fan and yeah, he, uh, it kind of sucks. There's really nothing, not too much good about it, but uh, whatever. He'll, he'll live. I'm a Mets fan. No one can hey. say anything to me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> all I am is depressed. That's kind of all it comes down to. Um, you got yourself one heck of a club to have to try to follow. That's for sure. There's there's all sorts of fronts of on the Mets that you can follow because the players are very entertaining and they're mm-hmm. very likable players yep. on that team. And that front office couldn't be farther from likable. And yep. so, and then there's just all this stuff in between, between like Lily well, with the Yankees. Now a couple of years ago, it was all about what's wrong with the Mets trainers. Why can't anybody stay on the, stay healthy. Right. Um, you know, it's just injuries, it's not, but it's just so much action at the Mets. It's just not enough action where you want it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the all the news articles are, you know, how bad the Wilpons are at their job, more so than, you know, Jacob deGrom did win two Cy Youngs in a row. Maybe we could talk about that some more. Yeah, yeah, right. He wins two Cy Youngs, yeah, we get a little bit of action. And then the Wilpons, there's a rumor that they're going to sell the team and then it falls through. And that's like the biggest news for like... Yep the last five years is like, well, they're finally going to get rid of those guys, you know? Oh, I'm, I can't wait. That's going to probably be my favorite day of my life. Um, hands down at that point but until then. And I also, I want to bring up one more point. You at 10 years old, you had two TVs in your room. Um, <laughs> you were ahead of the curve, man. I didn't start putting two TVs in a room till I was like 
1819. So you, you, my friend, are a, a smart, smart human being. Way up there, right? Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, I age myself out. I mean, one of the TVs had an Atari hooked up to it, too. All so, right, let's go. Uh, I was a little bit, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, if you ever got to meet my father, you would understand. I mean, uh, we bought a house when... Uh, I must have been three when they planted that house on that new basement up there. And, uh, and we left the basement unfinished. And uh, eventually, about five years later, dad wanted to finish that basement and throw me down in there and get me a room down there. So, uh, yeah, it was like eight, nine years old. He's got me. He's recruiting me to help run cable in the house. And uh, by the time the basement's finished a couple of years later, there's like a, everywhere there's an electrical outlet in the house, there's a cable outlet in the mm-hmm. house, right? And you go back into this centralized room in the, in the basement and there must be 40 coax cables hanging out in the, in the corner and you just hook up which ones you're using at that time so that you're not burning up all the power. And uh, yeah, it's just everywhere you go, there was an outlet. So dad could put a TV everywhere. So all three bedrooms upstairs, outlets. The bedroom downstairs of mine, I had two outlets in one so that I could have the two televisions, right? And then, uh, yeah, it was just one in the shop. There was one out, he ran one out to the garage eventually. It just, and it, it still to this day, when I go visit my father, it's just like every room's got a television on them and half of them are on. Just well, hey, you got to walk around the house every once in a while. I guess we'll have the games on all the time. It's on the same TV channel on everyone, so he's not missing anything when he changes rooms. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, does he know? Does he know about like streaming and like fire sticks and all that stuff, or is Uh, it? Yeah, a I'm little kidding. bit. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's I'm not kidding. he's not that guy, right? Yeah, he could yeah, he's still using I mean he, the man's never owned a cell phone unless his job forced him to own one and then he retired ten years ago. So good for him. It's probably yeah. better that way, honestly. But yep. yeah, so he I think, loves it. I think it's it's pretty impressive. Um, you know, I was like connecting dots and kind of seeing how, you know, we got to where we are a little bit. And and I think I mean, I'm not here to make assumptions, but the fact that you had the opportunity to watch so much baseball, even in the middle of Montana, um, mostly be a big portion of it because your dad was a cable guy. Um, you know, it's just like kind of cool that like, I'm not going to say it was the ultimate factor, but at seven, eight, nine years old, getting to watch two baseball games at once. Again, I didn't start doing that till 18 and that turned out to be my favorite thing I've ever done. So, I mean, you, you hit it from a young age. When, I guess, when did you start wanting to, for lack of a better term, either create content? I mean, your Twitter page is incredible. I love it. I didn't realize I was following you this whole time. <laughs> Bailey, Bailey's like, yeah, go go follow Jeff Jim Passon. There we go. I didn't even get it right. And I, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm actually, I have been following him because I love baseball stats. So the whole time I was following you. So at what point did you decide to, go off on this like hey you know baseball reference is cool let me just put some of the fun stuff that i see up on there yeah uh it's a i didn't know the community existed right so uh my social media was pretty small about five years ago really all i had was a facebook account to keep up with some old friends and family back at home uh as i was working on the road and so i'd check in on that once in a while see how everybody was doing and then uh yeah, then one day I, I, I finally discovered podcasts while I was on a job. I couldn't, uh, just looking for something to listen to. A guy at work's like, hey, check out this podcast. And it was just a fantasy baseball podcast. It was the ESPN nice. version of it, right? So um, so I was listening to, gosh, uh, oh, I can't think of the names. It was Tristan and uh, Tristan mm-hmm. Cockroft. Eric, Eric Carabell, probably. Eric Carabell. And then, yeah, Mark Simon came on that first show that I heard. And they were talking. They're like, hey, just, you know, hit us up on Twitter. You know, here's my handle and everything else. I'm like, 
uh, well, I'm going to check this out, see what this Twitter, you know, what's up with Twitter. And so about five years ago, yeah, I finally uh, went on Twitter to kind of dabble around in a little bit and uh, got in there, followed a few people. And next thing you know, it's just like it opens up into this world of, of baseball Twitter. I was like, wait, this exists? I don't understand, right? So I started dabbling in a little bit, and then I'd, I'd follow um, – gosh hardball stats i think was the, the one of the first ones i followed it's like where do you find all these numbers at and he's all like just go to baseball reference or go to fan graphs and check them out now all of a sudden i was introduced to websites i didn't know existed and so it just started opening up from there it's like oh, okay here's saber saber does bios for uh players and games for history and and you can and it just expands uh, your knowledge just way too quick because everything I knew about baseball before five years ago was what my father taught me, what I saw mm -hmm. on television, but was really never researched. And so, you know, getting on Twitter and starting to get involved in that world, I was making mistakes like crazy at the beginning. Like, I think this is the only guy that ever did this. And then it's like, no, you, you did, you looked at it wrong. You have to look at it. But you have a filter on this that's mm -hmm. editing out all the left-handed batters. Oh, whoops. You know, and so, um, yeah, it was just hammering into that and starting to get into the numbers. I'm not Christopher Kampka yet, where I've memorized, like, Frank Thomas's mm -hmm. stat line for his career yet. But um, and I'll never be that guy. I don't have that good of a memory. But, yeah, it, it, so, yeah, five years ago, Twitter's opened up. I remember hitting, like, 25 followers after, like, six months. And then reaching like a hundred followers on a on a tweet one time that involved uh, Edwin Encarnacion and Josh Donaldson being the only two guys to as teammates to have like uh, ten home runs and thirty five RBIs in a month besides Luke Gehrig and Babe Ruth who did it twice themselves. Wow. That one that one like doubled my count. Next thing I was like over a hundred hundred followers after that tweet, and uh, and that kind of got me revved up. I'm like, yeah, oh, I kind of like doing this stuff, you know. So this is fun. Let me get a little more in, in depth with it. I I started a blog for a little bit. That I come to find out, I'm. I, I don't mind writing. I just take forever to do it. And so mm -hmm. it occupies way too much of my time because I'm, I'm too slow at it. So I just kept focusing more on, okay, let's just deliver Twitter content, deliver Twitter content. And uh, it's amazing where it's actually gotten. I can't, uh, I remember hitting a thousand followers and, and my wife's like, you're crazy. This is nuts. Right. And my people at work are like, wait, you got people that actually follow you. And then, um, yeah, now it's like 11, I don't even know. I think it's 11,000 followers now. So I got a lot of interaction, but I love it. I think that it went from me loving to do baseball stats and being like, oh, I'm going to show you what I can find and all this stuff like that to uh, getting to the point that when I actually just post it, the best part about posting it is the actual interactions with the people mm -hmm. afterwards. I mean, sometimes you post a bond stat, you're like, ah, oh, steroids, right? Mm -hmm. But whatever, that happens with anybody that's in that. I can, I can look past those. It's the people that come back like, what? No way. I've never seen something like this. Hey, what if you did the same search, but you you did it with you know Frank Thomas instead or somebody else, and uh, it, it, getting to interact with them. I mm -hmm. mean, the the love that fans have for Kenny Lofton out there that I didn't realize existed, and Ricky Henderson. Um, these people are all over it out there. They they have they're fans of the game. They don't do the stats like I do, but what they bring to the table to me that that extra layer of the love for the game has really i think that's probably the biggest part of what i'm i'm about now is being able to suck in that love from those guys because it's a it's amazing i mean even orioles fans they still exist out there they're 
They're more great. power to them, man. More power to them. They're passionate, right? They really are. They they want their team to do well. They're very actually optimistic group of people out there. And uh, so when something comes across with one of their beloved there, right, a Nick Markakis stat comes up, it's amazing how many people are like, man, I miss that guy. What, you know, he was a great act on the team. Loved him. So, yeah, that's that's what I that's how I grew, but that's what I wanted out of it. So I mm-hmm. really. I mean, I do a podcast with Adam McKinnon now once a week, which is fun. I get to meet all sorts of people. It's just, I'm spoiled the heck out of that, but it's the same thing. I'm looking to try to grab people, get that love from them, learn from them at the same time. Um, so that basically I can care more for this sport as I, as, as I want to, I want to be able to spread the love of the game because I think that, you know, we get a lot of hate in there where it's like, ah, oh, I hate the Astros for what happened, right? And it's, that's to me, it's, if you're hating in, in baseball at the same time, you're you're not doing baseball right. I mean, I'm a Yankee fan, born and raised, but I mean, it was always like, ah, oh, your your favorite team's the Yankees. My dad would say, and your second favorite team is anybody that's playing against the Red Sox. <laughs> and, uh, and but I don't hate them. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, nothing wrong with Buki Betts. Just played for the wrong team forever. Now it's way better now that he'd be with a yeah. different team. But now you can watch him too. Now he's on that West Coast. You can actually yeah. see games. That'll be nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, that's yeah, awesome. It, that's where that's where it comes from. That's how it's gotten it's, where it's at. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, it, like it's it's just one of those things where again, you know, talking to Adam uh, recently as well, and you know, him just being like, yeah, like I. I kind of just wrote for myself um, just because it was fun. And like, yeah, I'm sure it was just fun for you to research. Just be like, wow, like, that's cool. All right. Now I can just kind of put this out on the internet. Like, whatever. If someone sees it, they see it. If they don't, they don't. Um, and now it's gotten to the point, as you said, where you can, it, it's it's half of it is as, as the, the research and finding the stat. The other half is, half is actually receiving the enjoyment and realizing you know, how many people love that player or, or that team or whatever, which I think is, is pretty darn cool, man. You hit the jackpot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good thing. I mean, I, I know I'm not the only one out there doing it. Right. I mean, there's, there's Jamie Frank doing it. Uh, you got uh, uh, Ryan Spader's out mm-hmm. doing it really well. Also, right. There's, there's Christopher camp out there. There's some big hitters out there doing these types of things. And I don't, I mean, I, I won't speak for them on how they get their enjoyment out of it, but I know that, uh, what they bring to the table is some remarkable stuff, and, and you can you can just tell that it just it, it makes them happy when they're doing what they're doing, and mm-hmm. so you know it and it just works the same for me. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty lucky that it's it's turned out the way it is because it's to me it's just fun, right? <laughs> so reading, talking, watching baseball, I'm sure I'm going to be pretty happy, and it sounds like you're the same man. Yeah, exactly, and it gets me to the point where you know. You, you know, get to come on people's podcasts now. Yes. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, nice. Well, you're you're in Seattle, so it's a little earlier, um, a little earlier for you than it is for me right now, which I really do appreciate. You're very awake for seven o'clock in the morning. So. <laughs> Kudos to you, man. Yeah, like you were saying, getting to watch Mookie bets more in the in the evenings, it doesn't really even work that way for me yeah. too much. I'm usually up at three in the morning, so I usually have to go to Whoa. bed pretty early. So. Good for you, man. That's but, very yeah. impressive. Maybe you yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's just that's unfortunate but hey it is what it is um but yeah when i was in college i would stay up because i could stay up late and i would i became it was it was perfect because it was during clayton kershaw's just like absolute run of dominance so i fell in love with vin scully i fell in love with clayton kershaw and everything he did zach granke was on the team for a couple of those years as well yeah. so like i would just stay up and watch dodgers games till like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning because i could and they're an incredible team but it was 
you know, any Clayton Kershaw start, I literally did not care what I was doing. I just watched because that a, run was insane. He's just a magician on the mound for, uh, I mean, even at his, whatever you want to call it, advanced age or wherever he's at yeah, now, exactly. right? I mean, he's the still great. It's still ridiculous. We just got used to killer Kershaw, and yep. uh, now we're just getting all-star version of Kershaw. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, now it's just sub three ERA. It's not sub two anymore. Yeah, so right. you know, I guess we got spoiled. Well, um, I think but, I saw the other day. He's, uh, gosh, he'll. I mean, as long as he accumulates two WAR this year, he'll he'll be the Dodgers' uh, WAR leader after this year. So wow. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully he has enough time to accumulate too. I'm sure he will, but um, you know, we'll see what happens about yeah. that. But um, back to you a little bit. We can we can talk baseball all day, I think. But I want to talk about you a little bit more. Um, with with this, like, how how much time do you spend on Baseball Reference? Is it just like when you open up Google Chrome, it's just an immediate like you're on Baseball Reference or Fangraphs, or how, how exactly does it work? <laughs> it is. Uh, uh, I know what I. I talk to some people, right? They keep tabs open left and right, left and right. I try to keep my tabs clean on my, on my screen. So if I do something, I get rid of it. If I don't do something with it, I try to put it into a save uh, sheets later so that I don't get distracted too much by it. But yeah, basically, yeah, I open up my, um, when I open up my computer, if, if the goal isn't to do work, then um, I will go to, um, I just, I only have one favorites tab, right? And it ends up just being baseball reference. Don't get me wrong. I spend time on other places, right? They're in my bookmarks, but I don't put it on my screen. If you look at my screen, there's one tab at the top uh, and it always opens up, up there. And then if I need to add a screen, I just click the, click that and add one, right? Um, and then, yeah, then it's on, right? So uh, you depending on what you're trying to research, um, mm -hmm. you know, at the beginning of trying to work with uh, baseball reference, uh, I mean, I'm a class of 95 guy, right? I, I mean, Windows 95 was barely out when I got out of high school. So I don't know anything about spreadsheets, um, but I've learned, right? I've learned thanks to Google, Google Sheets. Uh, I've been able to have a little bit more fun because you can take the numbers that you find and you can, you can enter them into a spreadsheet and you can, you know, bedazzle them in any way you want to now and, and get information out of it. So... I, I used to back in the day, I just open a bunch of tabs and do like screen to screen comparisons, right? Be like, okay, I'm looking for a guy that had 2,500 career strikeouts, but I'm also looking for a guy that had a hundred strikeouts in his postseason career. I can't put that stat together on baseball reference. There is no filter for it. Right. So you just put them screen by, you know, mm -hmm. put two screens next to each other. And then I just go like line by line by line by line to try to figure out if anybody matches up. It was a terrible way of doing it. When you could just actually download that information, stick it in a sheet, download it again, the other one, put that in the sheet and then just separate the names and be like, whose name comes up twice? Oh, look, ta-da. Right. It's, so it's a lot better for me now from what I used to do, but yeah, it's uh, I would say if, you know, I hope baseball reference isn't listening. But uh, I probably get somewhere around, on an average week, 15, 16 hours a week, maybe at least on Baseball Reference. So That's a part-time job. Yeah, right? And yeah, I don't really have that much free time, so I hope my work isn't listening. Um, <laughs> all my breaks at work are pretty much, uh, I, I use the mobile version when I'm, when I'm at work on my That's breaks, awesome. right? Because the mobile it. version of Baseball Reference is ridiculously great it's easy to search with mm -hmm. so and yeah. so you were saying before like when you decide what you're going to research like how and why because again i mean i have your twitter page pulled up here the, the the ones that i saw recently that i really liked were um 
the ones that came out yesterday, you know, the most hits by a player who played for exactly blank franchises. I went to three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I thought that was awesome. Uh, seeing that, like, how, how do you come up with this stuff? Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I guess, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not a creative person. Right. So, um, more of an analytical person i have to see things to believe them so when things come up they're usually sparked by something else right usually it's um you're flipping through twitter and somebody's just like i can't believe jim tomey played for six different teams right i don't remember him ever playing for the dodgers or whatever and it's like and you're like wait a minute yeah i don't either right and then all of a sudden you're just like man that's crazy. So basically, you know, you know, Jim Tomei played, I, I believe I'm getting this right. If I remember correctly, six teams. And I was like, all right. So Tim Tomei basically had a hundred, hundred home runs for each team that he played for yeah. on average. Right. And then that just basically finally leads down to, huh. I wonder how many other people have played for six franchises and hit more home runs than Tomei. I doubt anybody has. Right. And then, mm-hmm. so then you just go do a simple search and then you just, if you can get the right spark, right? If you can get something in your head to be like, hey, why don't you just check out everybody's and see how every section does, you know, you do all right. So you can maybe get something out of it. And that's just really what it, you know, it's a rabbit hole almost to get there, right? Um, I spend so damn much time on Twitter that uh, I kind of get the gist of what everybody else is doing when they're doing their stats, right? My goal is not to try to mimic anybody else on what they're doing. I'm always looking for something that's a little bit different, but also appealing to everybody. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of duds I throw out there. I know I'm not the only one throwing out duds, but um, you know, it, it, that's what I'm looking for. I want to, I want to get down that rabbit hole of, okay, this now look here. Okay. Now what do you come up with? And so that's kind of how that one began. I, I don't remember if it was, I don't think it was Tommy, but somebody posted something about so-and-so playing for so many teams. And next thing you know, yeah, I'm just yeah, because it's there. you had home runs, hits, stolen bases, uh, yeah. pretty much. Any, yeah, it was it was awesome. I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that one yesterday, so I thought that was pretty cool. I'm gonna um, get strikeouts done today, I think, because I'm curious ooh. about pitchers now, right? How many mm-hmm. with each team? Because I'm also I, a small part of me is I've done a few stats in the past just for players that have been one franchise players because somebody like living out here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, Felix Hernandez never pitched for another team in the majors until possibly this year, if he could get, get on the mound. But, you know, he's, I think ranked like seventh for, for pitchers that, that with strikeouts that only played for one team. But now that makes me after yesterday, like, huh, I wonder how that works out for people to pitch for six different teams. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. I will be delving into that later today. That's awesome, man. And I appreciate you taking some time out of your research to hang out with me. One more. <laughs> Thank you for that. Hopefully, hopefully we spread your good, your good gospel, your good word a little bit more. Um, I guess, do you have kind of silly, stupid question, but like, what do you have a favorite statistic that you ever kind of rabbit holed into or, or like, we're like, wow, let me look up this and you it, it kind of blew your mind more than you even thought it was going to? I've, I have a few that, that I mean, that have, uh, yeah, that have come up that you're like, what the heck really? And then you, and you have to triple check them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think one of the ones that I ran into that I think, I don't know if it's, I mean, I don't have the greatest memory. Right. But, uh, one of my favorites was probably about a year ago. Right. We were getting ready for those Mariners games, uh, between the A's and the Mariners in Japan. And, oh, okay. uh, and it's getting down to Ichiro, right? So I've been, I mean, basically spending the last two weeks before those games happened, just hammering on Ichiro's uh, baseball reference page, just trying anything to find anything in there that nobody had ever found before. And uh, 
yeah, eventually it came. I was, I was at work, right. On one of my breaks, just chilling. And, um, and it was about that time. I think that, uh, uh, Trout had just signed the, the monster deal. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, I wonder how, you know, he's only 26 or 27 or whatever it was at the time. And it's like, man, that's crazy. I think he's 27. And so I went and looked up his baseball reference page and I was like, okay, he's 27 years, like 224 days old. I'm like, what was, I, and I knew Ichiro was, you know, he was an old rookie, right? Because mm-hmm. of the baseball rules getting out of Japan, you know, it's like, okay, where was he at when he was 27 years and 244 days old or whatever the magic number was. And so I went and looked at that to see what was going on. Okay. He would have been this age at, on this date. Okay. Let me go see how many stats he'd accumulated by that time. At that point he had like 69 hits in his career or 88 or whatever it ended up being. I think it's, I think, yeah, 69. And, uh, it was like, wait a minute. So this guy's got 3,069 career hits and, 69 of them happened prior to him being the same age that Mike Trout was that day. So basically this, the stat leads into, okay, Mike Trout's this old when Ichiro was that same age, he had 3000 more hits afterwards. Right. And then I just basically posted that and people were like, Mike Trout's going to have 4,000 hits. Right. Cause he's going to hit 3000 from this day forward. No, no, that's not what no, I'm saying. Right. I don't think that's the point. I think it's just a crazy coincidence that that's what happened. Right. That, that, you know, these two totally different studs of the game and, you know, uh, uh, icons, uh, you know, there's this point where they, they, they mm-hmm. intersect. One's already had the 3,000 hits afterwards and the other one hadn't even got to his first game of the season yet. And so you just, yeah, those types of things. Then you have to, you know, you have to make sure because, I mean, 3,000 is a nice round even number, right? Like, wait a minute. No, did I get the date right? He was exactly this old on this mm-hmm. day. So you, like, triple check that. And then, okay, yeah. Then you go back to his baseball reference. Okay, yeah, he only had X amount of hits before that day. And then you figure out, okay, now you got to try to word it and get it out to the people yep. so that it makes sense, you know, especially back in the 140 character day. Oh, yeah. Jeez, oh, that was a nightmare. But now with 280, it's a lot easier. Um and yeah, and just yeah, deliver that out. That's probably one of the the ones that of uh, my most recent recent that I, mm-hmm, I really mm-hmm. love. So that is awesome, and it includes Mike Trout. So I'm all about it. Oh, dude, the Trout tweets are, man. I mean, and, uh, to be you know, to be honest, they're easier, right? Because yeah, he's, yeah, because of what he's done, his career, where it's at. It's just being, um, yeah, it's being able to you know find him get them, you know, tweaked to the right way. Right. Like uh, people say, you can, you can get a stat to say about anything if you word it properly. Mm-hmm. Right. If you put enough filters on it, my goal is not to overly filter a stat. And so with trout, it's nice because you don't have to filter too much. You don't have to be like, Oh, right-handers that did this or center fielders that did that. Right. He's already elite enough as it is. He is the filter. So yeah. <laughs> the Mike trout filter. I love the it. Mike trout we filter. should, we should hopefully baseball reference is listening. So that way they can, they, they can pull something out of this episode a little bit more too. Um, yeah. from one of the, from one of the best. So what, um, I mean, do you, do you do all your tweets? Like, is this real time? Like how many are stashed away for a rainy day, like this potential season kind of thing? Like how much are you kind of, you know, do you, do you, as you said, 15 hours, well, is that 15 hours, two hours a day throughout the week? Is it, is it on the weekends you're, you're pumping in 10 hours? Like out of curiosity, unless you don't want to tell us a secret sauce. That's fine. Uh, No, no, man. I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of, of, giving away secrets i don't think that they're meant to be kept if they're not actually 
you know, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't do me any good to maintain the information, right? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't profit from this. I mean, I wrote a book. It was never to be about profitable. It was about sharing information again so that people can enjoy their love for the game with me. That was the only reason why Jeremy and I wrote a book. Now we got two more that we're going to put out. It's never been about the money. Um, so with the, with the stats, yeah, I spend, yeah, there's, there's days where it's, I don't know, eight, 10 hours uh, in a day on a weekend, right, that I'm on it. Um, there's slow days that, well, not anymore, but there were some slow days at work that, you know, it seemed like every hour I'd just be like, oh, I'm going to go take a break real quick, sit off to the side, and then 30 minutes disappear real quick. I'm like, oh, crap, uh, i got to get back to work, right? i gotta, I got to work now really double time to catch back up on what I'm working on. Um, so it, it's it's sporadic, right? It's all over the place. Uh, uh, I would say I'd probably log into baseball reference six out of seven days out of the week and dedicate one to my wife. You're welcome, honey. Uh <laughs> Hopefully she's listening. Yeah, yeah, she she uh, she doesn't listen. That's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, she. So, yeah, it. I mean, I would say even probably fifteen to sixteen hours is probably on the light side, right? That's. I mean, I mean it's probably closer to twenty or more. So, um, and, and uh, yeah, I, I I just want to to enjoy what I get out of it. And I don't mind sharing it with everybody. If so, if they'd let me teach a class on it, I would. I mean, if baseball reference would just let me come down there and sit in their office all day and just stare at stats, they wouldn't even have to pay me. I just, huh. you know, just bring me some coffee or something Our once kids. in a while. And Sorry, kids, dad's got a new job. He can't be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it, but it's all over the place. Uh, as I used to save a lot of tweets, um, I never use like a, I know some people have like a, a timing app that you mm -hmm. can use. I don't remember what they were called. They've, they've, people have told me in the past and then they'll automatically tweet for you. Uh, I was never that guy, but there were ones that were time sensitive tweets, right? I'd come across a stat and they'd be like, wait a minute, the stat's pretty cool today, but say X player was playing against X team uh, a month and a half from now, this it would be a better stat. So I used to save those in the, I just save them in my phone, right, on my Twitter app, mm -hmm. and uh, then just set an, a reminder on my phone to remind me the day before that I got one coming up. I stopped finally doing that, right? I, I just, yeah, I finally stopped doing it. I more live in the moment when I make my tweets. They're more, yeah, they're very rarely are they, you know, days worth of time or anything like that. Usually it's something that sparks me. I go down that rabbit hole. I disappear from the world for about two hours, three hours. Sometimes it's only 15 minutes, but usually it's longer. And, uh, and then I find something and I come back. And then usually that leads into like a tweet storm of some sort sometimes where like it did yesterday. It's like, okay, well, now I've gone down this. I'm mm -hmm. going to go check stolen bases and hits and everything else and just let it fly. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's kind of how I get around now, right? And if I ever kind of fall into a lull, I, I mean, I, I kind of go back on myself and I, I look at some of my older tweets from 2015 and 2016, the ones that are, they got no retweets mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. one like, right? I go find some of those once in a while and see where I went wrong. Um, see if there's something there. What was I thinking then? And then I can, you know, take that smarter gym that wasn't so skewed back then and use that guy's information to get other ones. So I get some from there too. But Very nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense. No one really saw him back then, especially as you were saying, you know, you had, you know, 25 people follow you. That was kind of cool. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, obviously don't just, just reload them and, and pop them out again. But as you 
you said, you know, kind of figure out what you were thinking and see how you can use what you know now, um, your knowledge of the game, your knowledge of baseball reference in general, and, and be able to utilize that. So I think that's, that's very smart, Jim. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's such a great site. It gives you all the, yeah, it gives you the chance to make you look like you're the smart guy. Once you start yeah, you right. know, learning that there's, I mean, uh, I think I was running a Max Goldstein the other day. He's like, wait a minute, how did you figure that out? Right. And it was like, there's a, there's a line on there that you can just ask, okay, I just want people that have had more, that have struck out more people than they've given up hits in their career for pitchers, right? There's a spot for that, right? And and Max is like, and he's really good at doing the tweets, and he's just like, wait a minute, there's a spot for that? And it's like, yeah, you just enter in that you want something that's greater than or less than on something. I love it. uh, Yeah, so... It's insane, man. And again, I, I, I never knew I was following you for as long as I was. Um, I just follow everybody that has to do with baseball statistics. So it's kind of funny how it works. But yep. I appreciate you. And uh, you've given me hours. You've put in significant hours. And you've also given me hours of enjoyment. So I hope yeah. hope that gives you a little bit of something. Um, that's, a, that's the only continue. pay that I want. That's it. Perfect. Well, hopefully we can get you paid in real money. That would be kind of cool, too, I think. <laughs> I think you'd really enjoy that. But, I've, you know, that's another conversation. I, I mean, like, I think if I got paid in real money with some of this stuff, I, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, if it was a full-time job, great. Cool would be great. But if it's, a, if it's part-time, it's probably just like what I did with the book. I'm just basically taking whatever money I get out of the book. I'm just putting it to the side for my kid's college account, right? It's like mm-hmm. a, a, it, it was never about the money. So the money's just extra. So to me, yeah, it's going to, I mean, I was planning on donating it, right, to probably my little league back at home and whatnot until I was found out that I was going to have a kid. So the donation is now going towards my child. <laughs> so hey, your, your kid deserves it too. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty important. So, yeah, let's talk about the the book a little bit. You co-authored it. Um Hidden ball trick, the baseball stats you you never th- thought to look for. Where where did this idea come from? What made you want to write a book so much? Uh, Jeremy Frank was the was the key to this whole thing. Um, there was a point uh, about a year and a half ago. Am I like yeah? It's been a while. One day, uh, yeah, I was um, hanging out at the house doing my usual grind. Right, probably researching on baseball reference and then i get this text from jeremy and uh he's like hey man you ever thought about writing a book like no not not in the slightest right uh uh uh, yeah and and so he's like okay he's like i got an idea he's like i just did this uh he just did a finished a tweet storm of his own um where he was going year by year by year and just kind of pointing out oh, some stuff that happened in those years. He's like, I think we should take that kind of concept and put it into a book form where we just try to figure out, you know, who was born every year that happened uh, or, you know, important players, major players mm-hmm. that were born and died every year, made their debuts and retired every year. And let's see if we can just delve in and get some stats. Like if Twitter actually existed in 1888, right? Let's, let's do that. Let's put it into a book form and uh, see what we can do about it. Let's just tinker with it. And so it's like, yeah, oh, all right. You know, you know, we, how do we want to do it? It's like, let's just, let's just start busting out years. You and I have got a lot of stuff already on Twitter. We can go in, delve into some of that, expand on it without a character limit and, uh, and see what we can come up with. And we'll just make this, this book. Right. So we were thinking that we were going to make like a 300 page book with 145 years of baseball in it. Right. And, uh, well, next thing you know, you start getting going on and you're like, good grief, I'm, a, I'm on 
chapter one, 1876, and I'm up to four pages already. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. good grief, this book's going to be like 900 pages long because once I get to like 2008, the chapter's probably going to be much larger because the information that we have is much mm-hmm. richer. Um, we can't do this, right? You know, so we talked to some some experts and, and they're just like, yeah, I would recommend that you probably split that up, right? Do like a dead ball era version of it and then, you know, do the 50, and then we're like, okay, well, we'll just split up the other 100 years, 50-50. It gets us through, uh, you know, to the expansion era. Uh, it gets us to the teams that came in in 1969 and then we'll just do everything after that for the third book. So we decided to split it up and... Uh, and that's when we're like, okay, now we got the concept for book one. Let's hammer on it. And um, yeah, so it was Jeremy Frank. Jeremy Frank was the biggest reason. I would have never, would have never crossed my mind to do a book. He, but he's a, he's a smart kid. Um, at the time, he was seventeen when he pitched it to me. Um, by the time it got uh, published, it was he was eighteen, but he was still in high school. Um, and that was a pretty big accomplishment. He got on. TV, the mm-hmm, news mm-hmm. network in Chicago and got went like to his house and interviewed him, interviewed his family. Um, so yeah, he was like a big star at his high school and everything else, right? And me, you know, I was while that interview's going on, I'm just running cable at my job. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it was but um yeah, he was the one that was behind it. And he's such a he's an incredibly smart guy, right? I mean, if you follow him on Twitter, he's very good with his stats. He um you, if you're following me, you know he's in Purdue. He's doing data analytics, and he's really good at, at what he does. It just amazed me on how knowledgeable he was about editing his own book, right? Because we didn't get a publisher for our book. We self-published it ourselves, too. So we had to take all that extra work on. So he was able to do a lot of editing. We hired John Becker to do the final editing and stat checking for us, a friend of ours, to help make sure that we were getting it pretty well nailed down. Uh, for me, um, I don't know. I haven't taken a grammar class since uh, I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So I do pretty good at spelling correctly. I'm not terrible, but those guys really peeled it together. And, uh, and then, yeah, just got some, you know, the editor helped us find some pictures that we could put in the book that would be copyrights fine. Um, and then I learned how to typeset. So if anybody out there typesets, man, I love you guys to keep doing what you do i will after these three books are over i will never typeset anything ever again what is typeset uh you know how they get the dang words to uh, like in your paragraphs to fit at the front and the end at at the same point every time like so if you do like a google doc right Mm -hmm. if your word doesn't go all the way to the end and the next word's eight letters long it just goes to the next line right Mm -hmm. you so in like google docs you can do what they call justify and it just spreads everything out on your line Mm -hmm. so uh where typesetting is more, it's not going to just spread the gap between your words. It's actually going to spread the gap between each and every uh, character, even the blank characters, right? So that there's just no, you don't see the difference. Oh, okay. In I your get page. it. Yeah. And then that way, yeah, all your pages come together where it's like, oh, look at this paragraph. You could draw a straight line down the left-hand side and a straight line down the right-hand side and touch the last letter in the first letter of every paragraph, right? That is not easy because, I mean, when you typeset and you do it in that manner, you have to start at the beginning and never change again. So you have to make sure you're on your final edit and there's oh, nothing goodness, left to do. Yeah. Because if you change a word, then you're oud grade, right? After, the, after that, you got to go all the way back to where we changed the word and retypeset anything that's below that because it sets everything off. Well, 
while we were typesetting with pictures and everything in there, some of our stats, or we liked our bullet points not to, uh, we didn't want a bullet point that only had like three words on the next page, right? You wanted your, you wanted your stat to be on one thing. If it was split in half, fine. But if it was split to the way where like 98% of that bullet point was on one page and then you had to go to the next page to read the last three words, you're like, okay, let's just move that somewhere else and put a different one in its place. Let's readjust. And uh, well, as soon as you readjust something, boom, everything below it's off, right? And then you add a picture. Oh, boom, everything below it's off. And so I spent, I don't know, I spent way more time in like a two-week period. I don't even know if I got on baseball reference for like two weeks. Uh-huh. All I did was typeset. Um, that sounds terrible. Let's talk about the fun part about the book. Like, what, <laughs> what was that process like? I mean, again, you know, kind of, as you said, you guys split it up, dead ball era, and then, you know, kind of the, the next 50 years a little bit. It sounds like you split those or the next 100 years into, into 50 year periods. Like, what, what did you, like, how much fun did you have knowing like, all right, like now I'm writing a book about it. Now this is like, did you have specific statistics you were looking up was there anything like was it kind of for lack of a better term a little bit more random in the beginning until you could kind of narrow it down to like okay now this is what we're going to look at like how did that process work yeah it's um you you know to begin with we would basically get into jeremy and i had different processes right we were we worked together but we worked apart at the same time you know we both research in our own manner i don't really I mean, I know roughly kind of what, I mean, who he is. I've worked side by side with him for so long. I've known him for so long now, but how he gets to where he goes is still as it's a, it's, it's his route. Right. And the same for me. Um, so as we were doing it, it's pretty neat because we could be able to be like, man, check this out. I'm like, wow, man, how did you get down that road? Right. Oh, I was just looking at this and then it led to this, right. Where, you know, I would spend a lot of time because I'm dabbling in years. I didn't know anything about, right? I'd never researched 1876. I mean, and how many stats do I look up today? That's like, Oh, the only players to ever hit X amount of home runs. No, nobody ever hit that many home runs back. Then. <laughs> a, bunch of, a bunch of triples. Right. And they only played like uh-huh. 70 games a year in 1876. So um, I didn't have much, right. And my knowledge was completely gone. So I ended up going basically into baseball reference. Almost the book solely for me was baseball reference with a, like a dab of a, uh, like saber saber bio um so that they you know, i can get a little story behind some of the stuff that was we were finding and that's where i was at so i would go to like baseball references 1876 page and just look at overall stats and then uh, see all the teams compared to each other be like wow this seemed like an outlier right um one of my things that i i i find myself good at um is that i can look at a piece of paper basically i can look at a spreadsheet and and I can see the outliers pretty mm-hmm. easy. Uh, I'm a pattern finder kind of guy, I guess you would say. So I look for things that don't fit the pattern, good or bad, right? This this seems wrong. Why why did this? Why is it like this? So I would go and find those um, on the, like the main page for that that year, um, and then also I'd go and open like the leaders page uh, for that year and just expand the top 10 for every category. Be like, okay, here's a top 10 in ERA, top 10 in run scored for hitters and stuff like that. And then I would just look for things that just didn't fit or I'd be like, oh, hey, check it out. This team had three guys that scored 75 runs in 1876 or whatever it may be. You know, how many, how many, when was the next time somebody did that? Or, you know, how rare was that feat? And then you just kind of delve into that a little bit. Uh, and so what we found out at the beginning is like, we were trying to go like year by year by year by year. 
and starting at the beginning. And then so we're like, wow, cool. That seems like it's an odd thing. And then I would go and I'd look and I'd be like, ah, oh, dang it. Somebody did that in 1884, right? <laughs> okay. Well, we just made an extra sheet on the side and we just started documenting those things, right? So mm-hmm. uh, when we get to 1884, we'd, we'd go back to that sheet and be like, okay, what have we what have we stumbled upon for that year already? And we could take that, just grab that information, feed it in there and then continue our research. Um, we wanted to stay in control. So we were going year by year by year, but eventually it got to the point where it's just like, I, there was like a week or two at one point that Jeremy and I were just like, you know what? Just go to baseball reference, open up a page, open up your play index, and just do a search. Just be like, I don't know how many guys have had 25 wins and 250 strikeouts in a season. How many left-handers have done it, right? Or whatever, right? Just open it out and then go from there. And if you find like one or two elite teams have done it, or there's just one oddball and then the 61 Yankees that have done it, let's make that and let's document that somewhere. When we get to that chapter, we can insert it. So we created a side document that's just, I mean, there's, I mean, when we got done with book one, we were already, I don't know, we already had like 150 stats for book two. Mm-hmm. There's 80 stats for book three already in there, right? Well, now we're almost done with the second round of our second draft of book two. And now I look at the page and I like book three's already got like a hundred stats that need to be expanded out, but they're there. So that's kind of how we've been functioning on it. That is impressive, man. That is yeah. so impressive. And it's out like how many of those does it does it hurt you not to be able to tweet those out immediately? Oh yeah, it's terrible, like, just right? Seeing all these incredible statistics, you're like, wait, we have to kind of save these because if we put them all out, no one's gonna buy the book. Like, uh, just giving it away, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy's the worst at it, man. He's always like, man, I got to tweet that out. I was like, you, you, you can't tweet out the whole book, man. That's funny. Oh, no, I just got to get this, this one. Has just to get just out. this one. I swear it's yeah. just this one. I promise. Yeah, then I get my fix and then I'm good. Yeah. And they're usually like, he's like, they're like, I mean, I, I figure you can rank them, right? He's always like, ah, oh, it's the best one in that chapter, right? That he wants to get out right away. Yeah. And I was like, but in the end, when it boils down to it, like I said a while ago, it's never been about the money. It's always yeah. been about sharing. And so when it boils down to it, it's just like, yeah, man, you know what? Go ahead, spit it out. Usually it's like, I don't know, it's eight o'clock my time, or 10 or 11, depending on where he's located at, mm-hmm. at that point in the night. And it's like, oh, okay, well. Uh, the only people that are out there sucking in this information are the junkies, right? So yeah, just go ahead, spit it out That's there, funny. give some people something to look at. So yeah. And yeah, how how do you decide uh, which stats are cool enough, for lack of a better term, to make it into the book versus? Because I mean, again, I'm sure, as you said, you guys had found so much. Obviously, all of it doesn't go in. Like, at what point are you like? well, I think this is more interesting. Have you guys have arguments? Like, well, no, I think this one's more into like, how does that part work? Yeah, it's, uh, it's more of a, instead of it being an argument, I mean, with the one thing that we've, we've always preached at each other as we've gone along was to try to be realistic, right? Say, hey, you know, I'm not here to, I'm not here to call you out, but I'm calling you out, man. That doesn't, yeah. you, you, yeah. you gave me information, but you didn't give me all the information I needed as somebody that wanted to read this, right? So, um, if you want this to be in the book, let's expand on it. Let's make it worthy, right? So put a story behind it. It's going to be a quick story. We're not we're not writing paragraphs for every stat. We want it to be pretty short and to the point and whatnot. So can you tell that story in five lines? Can you? All right, then tell me that story. And so we kind of challenge each other in that in that route. So there's just some that we get to. It's like, yeah, these are the. There's only been four teams that ever had. 
four players with 100 runs and 60 stolen bases in the same season, or whatever the, the magic number is. And then you go and look at those teams and, and you know, get the players on those teams that did it. And you're just like, I can't, I, there's no story here. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't pitch it, right? Nobody knows who these guys are. They didn't really have great careers and things like that. If I'm going to be able to spin this, how am I going to be able to spin this? And sometimes you just can't. And so you just kind of, those are the ones that you know, they, they kind of end up eventually on Twitter, right? It's like, okay, here's a, the ones that didn't make the cut. They just throw those out there. They get like, you know, five retweets and 12 likes and, and everybody moves on. And now you you haven't wasted your time completely finding yeah. that staff, but uh-huh. it doesn't make the book. But yeah, there are, there are a bunch like that, right? That we just, you, you, you get into it. I mean, I don't know how many times I've spent two hours on something and then been like at the end of it, like, well, didn't add a single thing to the book. Perfect. <laughs> Next. And there's a lot of that, right? So, um, yeah, there's, it's, they, I wouldn't call them wasted hours though, right? Because I had fun doing it. I was going to say, you're having fun still, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the whole point. That's one of the reasons why you do it. Cause you enjoy it. Who cares yeah. if, you know, someone else, I mean, it's nice when someone else likes it, but as long as you're having a good time, I think that's pretty important. And, and, and again, Jim, really appreciate your time today. I only got a couple more, a uh, couple more questions for you. And of course, uh, the book will be in the show notes. Um, you know, when do, do you know, do you guys have like a date for the second book when that's going to come out? Oh man, I wish I did. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the joys of self-publishing is that you uh-huh. don't have to put a, you don't have to put a date on anything. Um, I would, I know we're hammering out the second draft by the end of today. Right. We're finally got around oh, wow. to, okay. yeah, the end of the second draft we have, um, we have recruited three readers, Right, we have three people that are reading the book at a uh, as a consumer standing right where they so basically it's volunteers right. Hey, you mind reading this and then just telling me where? Hey, man, I mean, I read it. I just didn't get it. Right, I just didn't feel it. And so we get that information back from them, and then on top of it, our editors also cruising through it right in front of them. So. it's so that's where we're at on mm-hmm. they're kind of behind us right now from everything that we've done for our second draft so far but they're catching up to us so we had to really kind of bust to get through the 60s here and get these last few chapters done so that the editor can get it done so that the readers that we have can get it done um and then yeah the the third draft will basically be um making those final touches, right? Going through the comments that those people all gave back to us, mm-hmm. the edits that our editor is asking us to edit, um, and then making those adjustments. And usually that third, well, from what we did in the first book, the third draft was, I mean, it's just a couple day process where we just spend about four hours, five hours for a couple straight days. So hammer out 10 hours, get that taken care of. And then, uh, then it's on, yeah, once it gets past the editor one more time, and then it's now now we're talking about okay getting the pictures into it and uh then getting that dang type setting done <laughs> i was uh, gonna say that's your favorite part yeah so uh, realistically um i'd be happy if it was out by the end of may i really would be i don't know if that's the case it could be as late as the end of june but you know if things go smoothly this thing could be out in four weeks if we wanted to it really depends on on how smooth the process goes from here forward. We have a great editor. The people that are reading our book read the last book for us. So um, they know what we're looking for and what the consumer is looking for. And so it could go quicker this time versus last time. 
And then, yeah, as long as it gets past Amazon's review, because we self-publish, we don't really mm -hmm. print a whole bunch of books because we don't want to dump a bunch of money into something and just sit on a pile of books in my house. So, um, yeah, so everything run, has to run through uh, through Amazon to make sure that they approve of it and that it's it's what they, meets their standards. And then once they give us that approval back, uh, we usually get an author's copy. If the author copy passes us, then we say, okay, start get letting people order and then it's instant right there's no pre-order we don't set anything up it's just instant so that's awesome well, so yeah i hope that yeah. process does go as smooth as it uh as it can and uh make your life a heck of a lot easier so yeah the, the the first book of course i'll make sure to get the link from you it'll be in the show notes so hopefully a couple extra people buy it that would be great your kid yeah. does need to go to college so you know yeah. help in any way i'm into it um and then the last thing i want to talk about just for a minute here is uh your podcast um yeah, as I said, I, I had the opportunity to interview Adam. He was fantastic, and he had a funny story on how you guys met. So I'm just kind of curious, what uh, what was that story like from your point of view? Oh my God, uh, I so I mean, I keep my DMs open for everybody, right? Because of, of the interaction, that's what I'm here for, right? I don't, I don't announce that. No, I mean, I do a situation like this, but you know, people send me send me DMs, and Adam flipped me a DM. Um, regarding uh, an article that he had written. Uh, I believe that was the the giant article that he wrote of basically um, team of the 2010s um, and, and how everything, yeah, how everything played out for them. So uh, I went and checked out the article. Uh, I liked it. Um, so I just stayed on his page, right? I stayed on the Romantic About Baseball page and went through some of the other stuff, right? Uh, to see what kind of person he was in his writing, right? Because, you know, people put their, when you get to, when you look at like national writers and stuff like that, you can, you can see that they're national writers. You can, mm -hmm. so the edginess is t more difficult for them. They're walking a fine line of staying employed, right? Where a blogger never has to worry about that. A blogger's just blogging. You don't like it? Well, fire me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't come back. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to come back, right? So you get what the person's thinking when you get to the blogs. That's why I love blogs so much. Do they have the access that the, the national writers got? No. But do they have the creativity that I'm looking for? Yeah. I mean, that's where it's all at. I wish there was a better balance of the two. Um, and so, yeah, when I went to Adams, I said, okay, you know, he hit me up. I'm going to go check out the rest of his stuff. Um, so I went and started looking at more of his stuff. And uh, yeah, I come across... Um, Hey, Jim, I'm real sorry, but you cut out on me for the last, like, 20 seconds. Ah, I need better internet. I no, that's cool. This I know is, a guy. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you, should, you should know a guy. Um, <laughs> the last thing, we, last thing I heard was uh, national writers, they need to stay employed. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. The, so, yeah, the national writers, they need to stay employed, right? Um, so they have to walk that line, right? Where the bloggers, they don't have to. They can just say what they need to say. And, and that's Adam, right? He was able to say what he wanted to say on his site. So I went through articles to see how, how he acts, right? And um, so I, I went and read a couple things. He's got some, he makes the, you know, points where he's like, hey, I, I believe in something and here's why. And there was the description behind it, right? And some of them would take on points that would be considered controversial for people. Um, no, I don't believe that, but at least you're explaining it. And that's where I'm at. If you can do that, mm -hmm. that's the type of person I want to be associated with because they're doing their research to back up their point. So, uh, and I like the way that he wrote. So put those two together. I was like, yeah, 
flipped him a message back. I was like, hey, I read your article. I went and read a couple more of your articles. What are you talking about? What do you want to, you know, you, you reached out to me. What can I do to help you? Because really all I am is a stat count on Twitter and a guy that wrote one book, right? What, do you, what, what can I do for you? And, um, and so he evolved that, you know, just like the book, right? Jeremy Frank started that. Adam McKinnon started the podcast thing with me. He's like, hey, well, they can just, maybe it can be a, a guest of mine on the site, or maybe we can do podcasting or something to that effect. I was like, eh, you know, I don't have a face for television, but maybe I, can, I got enough of a voice for, for a podcast. Sure. You know, let's talk it out. Right. And, um, it, and then, yeah, he's, he's got the audio background, right? So mm-hmm. He's like, I can do all the recording. I can do all the editing. I just need you to show up. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's a pretty good deal for me. I get to talk baseball and I don't have to do all the hard work. Man, this is, this is pretty sweet. So yeah, let's make it happen. Let's see what we can do. And so, uh, yeah, got into it. We started trying to book some guests and, uh, that was difficult for Adam because he just didn't have the, the network. Um, mm-hmm. and that's where I came in was a, my network was a little bit larger and, I had a little more outreach. And so we just started getting, you know, some people on and we talked some baseball and then that expands just like maybe it does for you. It's like, Oh, Hey man, go on, go on their podcast. It, you know, it's a good conversation and uh, it takes an hour and then you're out and, uh, and it gets you a little bit of exposure. And mm-hmm. so it's been nice because I've been able to get people like Christopher Kemp on there where, you know, if you'd have told me two years ago, I could get Christopher Kemp in the same room with me. I, you know, be like that kid at the at the taylor swift concert right holding up a Uh sign like man i love you man you're the greatest so um but now i get to have those conversations with them right so it's uh pretty neat i mean baseball brit joey mellows i mean good grief man i got to i mean i was i I woke up earlier for that podcast i did for this one i recorded that because he's in england right so oh goodness yeah yeah he wanted to record in the middle of the afternoon i was like whatever man i just drag Adam out of bed. He's got to get up at eight in the morning. He's got a kid. He'll be fine. I'm on a podcast at like 5 a.m. Like, yeah, this is going to be a great Let's day. Go. So that's awesome. Um, then. So yeah, yeah, Adam, Adam led me down that road and, uh, and he does all that editing and he works really hard. He's the host, right? I'm, you call me a co-host, but yeah, you know, he's the host. I'm just there. He's amazing at setting it up. Yeah. He's a cool, he's a cool dude. We had a great conversation. Um, so I hope everyone enjoys that one as much as they did this one as well. But Jim, as you said about an hour, we're, we're a couple minutes over, but I think we are having a little too much fun. So I really appreciate it. Um, I'll make sure again, everything's going to be in the show notes so people can go check it out. If they're not following you on Twitter already, what the hell are they doing? I guess jokes on them. So hopefully that this will, this will help them a little bit, but, uh, Jim Passon Jr. Not Jeff. Yeah. We look, I didn't even bring that up. I barely, yeah. Barely even brought it up once for you. So I, I wanted to do that for you. Now, Adam and I might have spoken about it a little bit more, but just for you, man, <laughs> yeah. Passing Jr. And, and, I'm sorry? And just in case Jeff's listening to your show, Jeff, Jeff, we've been begging for you to come on our show. Get back romantic about baseball. We'll get you on the show. Let's I'm get him ask, on. I'm going to ask every time. And then, yeah. And then while I'm here, I'm just going to plug that Billy Wagner should be a Hall of Famer since I do that all the time too. Me too. Yeah. I think that should be there. Oh man, he he. I mean, he might have had. I mean, the postseason career thing, whatever. Yeah. It's short and wasn't. Yeah, but I mean, he was so didn't have a good postseason career either. <laughs> he so. was so good. Oh goodness. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great way to end this, Jim. Hey. Really appreciate your time today, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks for hitting me up. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jim Passan Jr. As I said, he was absolutely fantastic. So much fun to get to talk to. And yeah, I mean, again, make sure to follow him on Twitter. That is in the show notes if you don't already. Even if you're not a baseball fan, just to see how his mind works. It is really, really cool. Please, if you can, give us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It would be super helpful with algorithms and blah, blah, blah. But it would allow me to maybe one day get paid to do this. And it's my favorite thing. So, hey, man. Just give me a shot. That's all I'm looking for. Really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So thank you for giving me a little bit of yours. And I hope you make it a wonderful day. Yes.